tonight. So just a recap, if you haven't listened to our previous studies, Shane has really done a great job of preparing what I call a Bible study for non-believers. And the reason why I'm here is I grew up from a single mother, 16 years old when she had me, left my dad at two. And in that time, she exposed me to Presbyterian Church, and I grew up in youth groups, and I had an affinity for a relationship with God. I'm not sure that I 100% ever signed up for Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I did at a youth group one time, accept Jesus into my heart. And I think that really, when you do that, Jesus walks with you, whether you know it or not. But in time, I said at my baptism last year on May 5th, that I strayed from my walk with Christ for many decades. And ultimately, I would say, took pride in being very human and being a true sinner. And I still really don't take shame in that because I believe that shame is reserved for some of the most severe existential crises. It's not something you should live day in and day out or monthly or annually. But I'm not proud that I didn't get a chance to spend more time serving God and serving the Lord and serving Jesua. So that being said, as I came back into Christ, just recently in the last year, Shane and I both came into each other's life together. At the same time, I met him through my neighbor who was doing prison ministry, and here we are today. He's guiding us, and he's going to give you a little bit about his background as well, and then we'll get started on today's study. All right, so a little bit about my background. I came from a broken home, abusive stepfather, drugs in the house, etc. At the age of 12, my little brother and sister were taken by HRS. My mom went into depression, went into alcohol. Life got crazy. I did my first year in juvenile lockup at the age of 13. I was out for about a month and a half and got caught walking out of a drug house and violated because I had drugs and stuff on me. And so got sent back for another year. I was out for about, probably about a year and a half after that. And at the age of 18, my heart was just fully possessed by darkness. And what took place was just the domino effect of reaping what you sow. And at the age of 18, I caught 15 years with 10 years probation in the Florida Department of Corrections. And Going into a place like that with the mindset I had, it only made me worse. I was about seven years into my 15-year sentence when God came into my life and revealed himself to me through a vision, and it stopped me dead in my tracks, and I started serving him. So September 2014 was when I changed my life. I never even thought that it could even happen. I literally said, I told God I'd live right for him for two weeks. I'll give it a try for two weeks because I didn't think that it was possible. I didn't think I could do it. And so those two weeks turned into the rest of my life. And right now I'm just here to speak life and sp speak truth. And I hope you guys are excited for this message. It's powerful. We're going to be entering into the book of Revelations. That's so exciting. I've heard of it. I think we've all heard of it. And I think it's really relevant in this time. But and as I was walking into this, I was thinking to myself, People have thought revelations were going to come for a long time, right? It's back in the early 1900s, the world was going to end. So we never know when it's really going to happen, but I don't think that changes the relevancy of it, does it? And you know, a lot of times people, they don't know exactly how to view the book of Revelations because it is complex. There is a lot of symbolic imagery. There's a lot of things that can be taken literally or figuratively. And so we're going to dive into that. We're going to dive into some of these hard realities of life and just open up the scripture and let it speak for itself. 
Let's do it. All right. So starting off, the book of Revelations, it was written by the Apostle John. And he wrote it on the Isle of Patmos. He was exiled there. Most scholars believe that he was sent there by the Emperor Domitian between 81 and 96 AD. But there are some scholars that believe that he was sent there by the Emperor Nero between 54 and 68 AD. And the Isle of Patmos was a colony, it was, it was an island that was specifically designed for prisoners, for people that had rebelled against the government, for people that opposed the Roman Empire in any type of way, and also other crimes as well. So this island was just like an island of exiles. And the Apostle John was sent there for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's multiple accounts of the emperor having him boiled in hot oil to kill him. And he miraculously survived. But while he was on this island, he received a vision from God. One of the most impactful, powerful visions you can imagine. And that's how the book of Revelations chapter 1 starts off. And just to note, there's something really powerful at the beginning of this book and at the end of this book that makes it set apart from all the other books. The first one is the blessing attached to this book. So in Revelations 1.3, it says, Blessed is he that readeth, and those that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep the things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. And the book ends with God pronouncing pretty much a very intense warning, where he says that if anyone takes away from the words of this prophecy, and if anyone changes the things which are in this book, God will add them to the plagues that are written in this book and blot out his name from the book of life. And in the midst of the blessings, if you read it, hear it, and follow it, in the midst of these books, these chapters, there are profound revelations. Some, no one knows exactly what they mean. The imagery is just so intense. But for God to actually say, listen, I'm going to bless you if you read this book. I'm going to bless you if you listen to this book. I'm going to bless you if you follow what's written in this book is just so intense because right now in this world, everybody needs a blessing. We're so used to all the curses that dominate the world. And so that's what this is for. This, I pray, will minister a blessing and grace into the ears of the hearer. So first to start off with the actual word revelation. Revelation comes from a Greek word, which is apocalypsis. It's where we get the word in the American language, apocalypse. The apocalypse is coming and you vision that as the end of the world, the end of the days. But honestly, the, that word, if you really understand what it means, it just means the revealing, something that is disclosed that wasn't before known. And that's what this book does. It's going to reveal to you there are so many powerful chapters that are filled with unbelievable things. And that's what we're going to just unpack here. Revelation 1 starts off with John having Jesus come to him in a vision. And he came to him in a way like, not like a normal man would come, not like 
how it was when Jesus walked on the earth, Jesus came in the power of the Spirit. And the description of him, it starts off in verse 12, where it says, And I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks in the middle of the seven candlesticks, one like the Son of Man, whose garment was down to his foot, and he had a golden sash around his chest. It says his head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were as a flame of fire. His feet was like fine brass, as if they burned in the furnace. And when he spoke, it was a voice of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his appearance was as the sun shining in its strength. And when John saw this, verse 17, it says, And I saw it, I fell down at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying to me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. This is how John ended up becoming to write the book of Revelations. Jesus said in verse 19, Write the things which you have seen, the things which are, and the things which will be hereafter. And after that, Jesus reveals one of the mysteries, right? The seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the seven angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which you saw are the seven churches. And so that's Revelation chapter 1 there, right, as you see it. That's how this book starts off. Something also that's real interesting, there are multiple sets of seven in this book. There are seven big sets of seven, right? Seven times seven, 49. So there's 49 specific incidences that either give revelation or judgment. Just for an example, you have the seven churches, you have the seven angels, you have the seven earthquakes, you have the seven scrolls, you have the seven bowls of wrath. And as you dig deep into this, you can see this is divinely orchestrated as outside of human beings' intelligence. You have the seven spirits of God, which are before his throne, which you will not hear preached in a lot of different churches. We hear the singularity of the Holy Spirit. But if you read in Revelations, and we'll get to that in a second, Revelations 5, there are seven spirits of God which are before his throne, which go out into all the earth. And most scholars believe that was, that a revelation of that is in Isaiah chapter 11. But before we get to that, we're going to enter into kind of like an overview of the book. And we're going to just break it down and get the best ideas we can from opening up the scriptures. Yeah, I'm all ears. I love it. It's good flow. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. 